secure financial advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, it's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Over the next few hours, we can talk a little bit about taxes. That's always on the mind of Big Al. He's a CPA for 30-some-odd years. So. Yeah, it's funny how that's always on my mind, but I suppose it's why I went into the tax profession. I suppose. But then we have um, some questions. Inquiring I got minds would like to know. Yeah, Joe, I got the I got the latest stats on on how often we're being audited, and who's more likely to be audited. And I'll take it one step further. What do you do if you do get audited? Hmm, Mexico. <laughs> you, you, you look for a one way ticket to a foreign country <laughs> because it's over. Oh man! Well, we had this debate last week. Yeah, we did. So. You know, people are thinking, hmm, wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. And then what's going to happen to our taxes? Yeah, people are wondering that, and as, as we are too, because both candidates have pretty different ideas on what they want to do for tax uh, taxes and changes, I should say. It's pretty difficult to get things changed on well, see, the old that's, Capitol Hill. Well, see, that's accurate, right? So it's one thing for a presidential candidate to say, I want to do this. It's another thing to actually get it through. When's as the well. last major tax overhaul? What, 2000? Well, I guess it depends what you term is major. I would say the last really major overhaul was 1986. That was Ronald the, Reagan. Yeah, the Tax Simplification yes. Act? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty bad that I know that. <laughs> I need to You've been life. hanging out with me. I know, it's, it's so bad. It's Ten so years later, awful. it's like you you can spout these acts. Oh, yeah. What happened in 2005? Hmm. <laughs> Tipra. <laughs> I don't know who I was with, dating, uh, where I live, but I know there was a tax act, Tipra. <laughs> yes, 2000, Egtra. Oh, God. <laughs> so, well, that's pretty good, Joe. Hey, man, you know, that's what uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Let's. A couple of things is interesting to me. Okay. When it comes just to uh, planning in general. Right. So, it's... Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about the stats quite a bit on the show of looking at, you know, the lack of savings there is, you know, when it comes yes. to overall retirement planning and things of that nature sure. or, or that, what, what they have in retirement accounts. And man, I'm, I'm looking at more and more studies. It's there's very little. Um, the, the, the biggest consensus is that there's not enough. Right. right. And then I'm listening to these other podcasts. Right. And so you, you you hear like the younger generation, the millennials, right? And then you can look at the studies that they're not investing in the overall markets. They're right. saving some money, but they they don't want to invest in the stock market. Yeah, and can you blame them? I mean, in their formative years, they saw the Great Recession. Yeah, but that is that's such a lack of education. I know, but I'm just saying that's their point of reference. On right, investing. but still, it's they, they need to be educated a little bit more and yes. i'm seeing like the that i'm like 65 years old right i'm just right out there <laughs> that, uh, that that young generation <laughs> that young generation those crazy kids well you're not a millennial i'm you're, a generation x yes you are yeah. and, and i'm a boomer you are a boomer yeah 
But it's then it's like, all right, well, here I, I was, I, I forget what podcast I was listening to. I listen to so many now just to try to see what's out there. And um, this one show, they're getting a ton of calls of these younger individuals of saying, all right, well, here, well, I don't want to invest in a 401k plan because I want to retire at 45. Right. And I'm like, 45? Do you have any idea what the arithmetic would mean to you if you wanted to retire at age 45? I know, but you know what, Joe? So did my generation. We all wanted to retire at 45. Well, at 55 was your generation, and I think that's more feasible than 45. Well, well, it it depends what age we were talking. But no, I mean, there were many of us that wanted to retire before 50. My generation, I don't think so. Well, me personally, no. Because well, I understand how well, this works. Now that I'm older, I get the math better. Okay, so let's say if I wanted to retire at 45. Okay. All right. So most people don't start saving until 30. Yeah, if you, have, if you want to retire at 45 and you start saving at 30, you probably have to save about 200% of your income, <laughs> right. which doesn't work. Right. 2,000%. Side, side job. Pieces. Do I hear side job? Right. Yeah, it's like, okay, all right. Well, th- just think about it. If retiring at 45, what kind of distribution rate do you think would be feasible? 2%? Right, because you're going to live maybe 50 years. Exactly, right? or probably longer. Yeah, or probably longer, you right. know, because we're all living longer every single year, it seems. Right. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to retire at 45. Um, well, I guess what's their definition of retirement? First of all, if you're not going to work and create income, so you yeah. want to live off of your savings. Let's just call it that, whatever okay. that is, whatever term you want to call that. Sure. So they need a million just to live off of $20,000 a year, right? <laughs> True. But then you look at inflation. I mean, a, a 20, yeah, 20 grand a year would be, that would barely cover your health care. Right. And I guess you still need a place to live and it, eat and a few things like that. And so I, and what I found interesting is that I was running um, an analysis for an individual, hypothetically, this week, younger guy, um, 50 uh, 50, 51. You do a lot of hypothetical analysis. Well, yes, because of compliance. <laughs> it's an imaginary person came into our imaginary office. You never really do any work. It's all hypothetical. It is. It's just I stay at home and come up with hypothetical examples. <laughs> That's exactly but what I do. But our compliance department is very happy you say it that way. Yes, right. Yeah, I don't see anyone. I just kind of stay at home. But anyway, so 52 years old, he's like, all right, well, here, I want to retire five to 10 years. It's yeah. got... $200,000 saved. Okay. I'm like, all right. Well, he goes, well, Joe, I don't spend a lot of money. I spend about $30,000 a year. I said, okay. okay. Sure. What about your mortgage? Well, no, I rent. And I was like, well, is that 30000 part of your rent? Because you paid you know, $2,000 a month in rent. Yeah. He's like, well, no, no, no. Then I paid my rent after that. <laughs> I said, like, okay, so 3000 a month, let's then, call it, plus two, that's five. Let's, let's call it 50000 Yeah. 50, right? Just to, just to 60, ma- make it yeah. Yeah. even to benefit okay. him. Okay. fifty grand. So <laughs> running things through. And then the, the the debate on renting versus owning. Sure. All right? So it depends on what type of hypothetical that you want to put in as inflation when it comes to rent. True. All right? But with most of our clients, they own their home. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right? And at some point in their lives, they don't have a mortgage payment yes. anymore. Right. But if you rent, it was like I ran this thing out at $2,000 a month with um, a couple percent inflation on rent. Yes. By the time he's 95, you know how much he's paying in rent? Uh, I'd say what five grand. 
It's a hundred grand a year in rent. <laughs> oh, it's like a month. But yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you know, close to that, yeah, but right, it's right. closer to about nine grand. Yeah, closer to eight or nine grand. Okay. So uh, I guess the power of people have to look at inflation. And sure. Inflation is such a real thing. So depending on if you want to retire early or a normal retirement, or you're going to have to work until you drop. Sure. I mean, all of these things are. Are you know good talking points, but right. there's there's no set plan. A lot of oh, I'm gonna work until I can't. I'm gonna dye my boots, whatever that terminology came from. Right. Dye your boots. <laughs> well, that I I know how to translate that. That means I haven't saved very much, so I'm gonna keep working. <laughs> right, right. And then we know that what half of people are forced into early retirement. We half. do. We sure do. Right, and, and it's, it's out of their control. It's totally out of their control. I mean, unless they're fortunate enough to work with a, a, a company, we have a. Um, individual that worked for us that um and it's not his health that kind of blew up his overall plan it was his parents health right where um our home office is located in san diego his parents live in tucson arizona right and it's like okay well here you know mom and dad they're getting in their 90s dad's a little blind mom's a little sick it's, it's about time we put them in a home right so they go drive to tucson hey mom and dad you know, here's your home. This is you. Pick out the home. Everyone goes, yeah, that's, that's okay. We got, yeah, we're, this we're is good. great. Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. So they drive him to the doorstep. What right. does dad say? Not Turn doing the, it. Yeah, not doing this. Not Turn doing this it. car around. I'm going to stay in the house. Exactly. And then, so where's um, our employee? He's, He's now in living in Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. In dad and mom's house with the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> right. He had to move back home. Now, we uh, we were able to uh, accommodate. accommodate him and have kind of a remote job for him. But a lot of companies can't do that. Right. Right. And so that's why planning is so important. If you want to retire at 45, 65, or you think you want to die in your boots, at least get some perspective of what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, we run into people all the time. It's like, okay, well, here, you're putting in you know, 5% of your income into your 401k plan. Well, right. why'd you pick 5%? Well, I don't know. I mean, cause so I can get a little bit of the match, and that's all I can afford. Well, but... What's it going to get you? How far is that going to go? Is there any kind of strategy around of sure. the, the overall game plan? So there's such a lack of planning, and that's why we do this show. Uh, if you want more information about our firm, you can always go to purefinancial.com. We're a fee-only registered investment advisor. Uh, we have several certified financial planners on staff. We don't sell any products. What we do is financial planning. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I um, want to dive into a couple of different statistics when it comes to age. Uh, the baby boomers turned 70 and a half, and there's a few trillion dollars, double digits, uh, trillions when it comes to retirement plan or in retirement plans. Um, and a lot of those individuals will have to start taking required minimum distributions and what's that all going to look like and the rules and the regs and everything else in between. So uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're just getting started. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to iTunes and uh, check us out there if you want to listen to the podcast. Uh, we have a lot shorter version of the show. We try to just pick the best parts of the radio <laughs> it's, program. It's so it's about a seven-second um, seven <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> it may get you out of your driveway when you're driving. <laughs> you might be able to. Right? You, you go down and try to turn it up, and then it's over. It's got right? it. it's, just, it's, just hit rewind. Yeah, that just, seven seconds is gold, no? It is. It is. <laughs> the best thing yes, ever. Yes, we have to hire a full marketing team to scour... <laughs> Our, our the best of yeah, yeah to find it's the best so, man we could have 10 years of best of and it wouldn't even fill up a show oh right? my god it's like all right hey al's on vacation i think i'm gonna take the day off here too can we just put together a best of show 
Well, Joe, we only got 10 years of <laughs> material. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not... Maybe in another 10 years we can do it. <laughs> right. You know you have a two-hour show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, I don't know. Al knows this, but uh, Uncle Sam, he's pretty excited right now. And if you're asking why, it's because baby boomers have socked over, what, $14 trillion. There's $24 trillion sitting in retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, in other type of defined contribution, defined benefit plans. Sure. I don't know the exact number of what the baby boomers hold onto that twenty-four million or twenty-four trillion. Trillion, yeah. Um, but it's the majority. I would say the majority, sure. Right, and then you take a look at all right. Well, let's just use ten percent, or you know, ten million or ten trillion. Okay. I keep on saying that. <laughs> at a fifteen percent tax rate, I mean, that's right. a pretty good tax payday. For the IRS. Trillion and a half, right? That's not bad. Yeah. And then and I would say most people that have the big accounts are not in the 15% no, tax they're rate. they're 2528, and then uh, they may live in California. They could get up 9.3 or even as high as 13.3%. And, Joe, in some cases, people are paying 50% between federal and state on these taxes. Right. And so you think, all right, well, here, I'm going to put money into the retirement account. I'm going to get a tax deduction today. Let it grow tax deferred and enjoy a lower tax rate when I retire. And that is so true for so many people. Because half of the population doesn't pay any tax the way it is. Right. That's true. A lot of people don't know that, but that's true. Half of us pay tax and half don't. And so the other half that doesn't pay any tax, well, they don't have a lot of savings because they don't have a lot of income and they have to live off that income. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And so they haven't saved. And so for those folks, yeah, whatever they did save, yeah, they're in a very low tax bracket. So that was exactly right. But I'll tell you, people that have done the right thing year after year, saved diligently, they have resources to live the kind of retirement life they have, they're in a higher tax bracket in many cases, sometimes even compared to when they're working. And so now, uh, the oldest baby boomer, right, is turning 70 and a half. Uh, those who were born in the first half of 1946, they're turning 70 and a half years old. And when that happens, that triggers what is called a mandatory distribution, a required minimum distribution, RMD, is basically maybe the acronym of what you're familiar with. Right. And what the heck does that mean? Well, first of all, I think we have to change the terminology of these retirement plans because people say when you put money into a retirement account, you get a deduction. I don't believe it's a deduction, Al. (laughs) All right, what do you think? I think it's a loan. It's a loan? Because you have to pay it back. If, with interest, right? With interest. Yeah. So like my, my, all right, so I have a mortgage on my home. I get to deduct that mortgage. But when I sell the home, I don't have to pay back everything that I wrote off. Sure. Do I? Uh, no. No, right? So that's a true deduction. True. A retirement account, well, I mean, you can disagree with me. We can, you're <laughs> looking at me like I'm crazy here. No, I wasn't. Sorry. I wasn't even <laughs> you listening. You weren't even paying attention. No, you weren't that, even listening to that me. That was the problem. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just I'm indifferent. <laughs> I was thinking about something else. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, we're doing the show. (laughs) Sorry, got to focus, focus, focus. You know what? We got Dr. Daniel Crosby. He's coming on board a little bit later on. He's a psychologist. He can help diagnose my problem. No, I just think I uh, I can have an intelligent conversation (laughs) with someone on the show. 
<laughs> so anyway, whatever. You put money into a retirement account, you get a deduction. I don't believe it's a deduction because you get a couple of bucks saved today. All of that money grows 100% tax deferred, yes. and then you pull the money out, and it's all taxed. Even the deduction that you got, all that money comes out, and you got to pay tax on it. Yeah. And I think your argument, because we've had this discussion before, you're like, well, Joe, I think well, a lot of people, they like the deduction or the pre-tax of it because then they can funnel more money into the retirement account. And sure, that's true for another section of the population sure. that can only save maybe 2 or 3% out of their overall paycheck. I'm talking about most of our listeners that are maxing out their retirement accounts. Yeah, and, and so when we talk about the 50% or more that haven't saved enough, they're, they they saved currently in a higher tax bracket, and they'll pay it back in a lower tax bracket. So that part is true. But you're right. Our listeners in general have saved a lot more. And for them, it does it works a little bit differently. And, and I think to use your analogy, even though I wasn't even listening, I, I think what you're saying, so you got 500000 that you put into a 401k plan. Right. Compare that to a mortgage. A mortgage, you pay a five hundred thousand, but in the case of a four hundred one k, it grows. It grows to a million bucks, two million, whatever it grows to. You got to pay taxes on that whole million bucks. Right. So you get the deduction today, but you got to pay it back at some point. Okay. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Even though I didn't listen to you. And your now example. it's seventy and a half. Now it's time for a lot of these individuals to start taking distributions from the overall account to pay the tax. And where are tax rates going? Where are they at now? I mean, because. They were told that they were going to be in a lower tax bracket, but a lot of individuals that have a lot of money in retirement accounts are not in a lower tax bracket. Well, the funny thing is when you just do a little graph of tax rates in our country, you go back to, what, 1911? Was that the first year? And I think the tax rate was 7% or 10%, something like so, that. Yeah. 7 I think. Yes, 7%. 6 or 7 and then a couple of years later, it shot up to 94. 90. Yeah. It's like, wow, the IRS, I mean, the government goes, wow, this is a pretty cool system. And then we got back into normal taxes for a while. But World War II was uh, what? We went up over 90%. We actually got to 94% at one time, and it stayed. I honestly, from World War II on to the Reagan years, it was 70% or higher for 35 years in a row. 70%. Seven zero, yeah. Now, I know that's the highest rate, and we're not all in the highest bracket, but all the other brackets were higher, too. And so what did Reagan do? Reagan brought it down to 50%, and then we had uh, George Bush that brought it down to um, 35. Now we're back up to 39.6, but... You know, people complain so much about taxes, which I don't blame. No one likes to pay taxes, and a lot of the, the issue is what what are the tax dollars going for? That's a whole other show. This is not the, this is just the fact that we're people don't like to pay taxes. And but the truth is, our tax rates are lower now than they've been at at, at, at most times in our history. Right. If you go back to two thousand, right before the Bush tax cuts. So what Reagan came in and brought it to 50%, and then Bush came in and brought it down to 35 Yeah. And then now it creeped up a little bit to 39.6. Correct. So when Bush came in and brought it down to 35 that was back in 2000, right? We had surpluses, Al. We didn't have deficits. We didn't have debt Yeah. in the 90s, remember? Yes, that's right. So I'm not saying did the Bush tax cuts cause all this deficit. Well, no, there's a lot of other factors there. But sure, I mean, if there's less dollars coming in as revenue to the government, right, and more right. expenses, that's where deficits and debt kind of that's come in. That's true. There is a relationship. Now, we don't want to get the uh, supply-side economics uh, people all pissed off because this is not an economics show. But the, but the, It's not even close. Yeah, we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, well, here's what I do know, Joe, is the taxes don't really stop when your paycheck does because... 
when you do ret- uh, tap that retirement nest egg, like we're talking about, the first baby boomers are turning 70 and a half. It comes with all sorts of new rules, uh, opportunities as well, though, if you know what you're doing. So think about this. Instead of contributing to tax-deferred plans like your 401k or your IRA that can reduce your taxes, you'll start pulling money out of those savings accounts and paying taxes at your regular rate, unless you're tapping into a Roth IRA. We'll be back in just a second. Chills called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Copine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Alan, what's the odds of me getting audited? It's a good question, Joe. And I've got the latest stats from the 2014 tax year. This is from the IRS uh, data book that was uh, published in late uh, 2015. So I'll tell you, if you just take the uh, taxpayers in the country as a whole, there is a 0.8% chance of being audited. So put, put, I'll put that another way. About one in 120 taxpayers gets audited. One in 120, which means 119 out of those 120 do not get audited. So first of all, I, I kind of like those odds, I guess, as odds go. There's much less chance of being audited than audited. Then if you break it down a little bit further, when there are audits, about four out of five are what are called letter audits. You just get a, a letter, a, a notice in the mail, a letter. And what the letter says is... Hey, well, there's a discrepancy Yeah, you know income. what? You claim this. We think it should be this. Here's the difference. Here's the extra tax you owe. Either pay it or tell us why you don't agree. And sometimes, Joe, people get that letter, they get freaked out, they pay it. But honestly, looking carefully at those letters, I don't know how many, but 50, 60 percent, um, I'd say maybe 50, uh, might have might not be correct. And it's only just because there's matching issues. For example, you might have some kind of income that the IRS thinks it should show up on your sole proprietorship, but it's actually in your partnership. And so it's on your return. It's just in a different spot. And you just have to explain it. Right. So at any rate, if you get one of those letters, that then it's very, it's very simple. You And if you don't understand the letter, because they are hard to to understand in some cases, take it to your accountant, have the accountant write a letter back. In many, many cases, you don't owe any tax just because the, it wasn't correct. Yeah, I've getting, getting, I've received. You, you're getting. <laughs> I'm getting them. You're, you're get, I'm getting them all over the place, Al. You get them. Well, you must, uh, you must be in this category of people making over a million dollars. No, because, I, uh, not even close. But here's what I did. I did a Roth IRA conversion with a an IRA that has basis in it. Okay, and they didn't understand that. And yes. <laughs> well, anyway, it's so, okay, well, maybe this isn't you. But if it was, if you make more than a million bucks a year, Joe, you have a 9.6% chance of being audited. So 10% if you make over a million bucks. So it's about 1 in 10. 1 in 10. 1 in 10 chance. So 90% chance you will not be audited if you make over a million dollars. That's true, too. All right. Yeah, that's true, too. And here's another thing that you may not know. If you've got a sole proprietorship, I mean, a lot of you are employees, but if you've got your own company, if you have not incorporated the company, you could be a C corporation or an S corporation or an LLC. If you're none of those, you're probably a sole proprietorship, which is what you are by de facto, just by not doing anything. And a sole proprietorship goes on your tax return on what's called Schedule C. And you show your income, you show your deductions, and whatever the profit is, well, that's what you pay income taxes, and you actually pay self-employment taxes on that, too. That's the, that's the same as Social Security. So your chances of being audited if you make... 
uh, between, um, this is gross income, not profits. This is gross income. Gross receipts? Gross receipts. You make between 100000 and 200000 Okay, You have a 2.5% chance of being audited. Is there certain um, occupations that they look at, or is it just Some, a random sometimes. draw? Well, or do so, they look at, because I, maybe you told me this, or maybe I dreamt this, but uh, let's say if um, I'm a... Uh, I cut hair or I'm a beautician or something right, like that. Right? right. Yeah. Because it's a lot of, that's like more or less cash business. Cash business. Yeah. Would that be audited more than another sole proprietor potentially? Uh, probably. It, what I'm told, Joe, I've never worked for the IRS, but what I'm told is every single year they single out certain types of taxpayers and uh, beautician contractors. They like to look at attorneys because attorneys tend to not always be a hundred percent Honest, oh, it, wow. it seems. <laughs> I, I probably made some people mad with that statement, but I'm just just saying. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, uh, yes, they do target different people, but of course they don't tell us who they're going to target until it's already happened, right? So we don't really know. But yeah, they do. But this is just as a general category. If you're a sole proprietorship or a freelancer or independent contractor, whatever you want to call it, so you've got income that you've earned and you're not a, an employee and you don't have a corporation. That's a sole proprietorship. Well, in this case, it's a 2.5% chance of being audited. That's about 1 in 40, Joe, 1 in 40 chance of being audited. And I found this kind of interesting. I don't know why this is true, but if you make 200000 or more gross receipts as an independent contractor, you have a 2% chance. It I actually, know why. It actually went down. Because I think all the small businesses, quote unquote, it's a sham. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy! Now you're. We, yes. Now we made all the rest of the yes. other people mad. Hey, yeah, I run this really successful business, but I've never made a profit, and it's not a hobby, and I got a hundred thousand dollars expenses in it. How often do we see that? And we we have people come into our office; they're sole proprietors, and we'll ask hypothetically. Them, hypothetically, well, this is this is totally hypothetical because I'm making it up as I go. So, at any rate, come into our office, and we'll say, "What do you make?" And they'll say, "A hundred thousand dollars." So we'll jot it down, $100,000, pretty good. And then we'll look at the tax return, and sure enough, that's their gross receipts, $100,000. Then we go to the profit, the bottom line, what they really get to keep, 10000 Right. All right, so maybe it's 10000 Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> and then, then we get into, what are you deducting in there? That, <laughs> what's, oh, uh, what's going on in this business? And they business ask us, are you, do you have any ties with the IRS? No, no, you can talk to us. It's all right. I'm not going to turn you in. But... Uh, and, and, and in all honesty, people do deduct things that would otherwise be personal expenses, and it's completely legitimate. Like, for example, you've got a cell phone. You're probably going to have a cell phone anyway, whether you have a business or not. But if you have a cell phone and you have a business, you're probably going to use it in your business. And you can at least take, legitimately, you can at least take an allocation. Well, I, uh, we've heard this, too. It's like, well, you know, I got this old LLC. Yeah. That's, well, I was thinking about opening that thing up again. Right. And I'm like, opening up the LLC, it's not like a can of soda pop here. What do you mean, open it up? <laughs> well, you know, I need some deductions in retirement, so I thought I'd open that LLC up again. <laughs> yeah, we, like, do, we do get that. Okay, well, you have this business. And I was like, well, are you going to, you know, look to gain a profit? Right. Well, no. I mean, it's, I just wanted to open it up. Right. Like, oh, my God. No, just no, please don't. Yeah, you know, um, speaking of corporations, in general, corporations have uh, less chance of being audited than. So if I'm a sole prop, it'd probably be better if I go to LLC or S Corp? Yeah, believe it or not, it's, it's, it's way less likely. Like for an S Corp, for example, let's see, I've got it right here 0.4% chance. Remember, I said the average individual 
is 0.8, and the average uh, sole proprietor is two and a half. Is two and a half percent with 100 to 200 thousand in gross receipts, and S corp is 0.4. That's less than a percent. Partnership, 0.5, right? But how about this? If you're a large corporation, and you get to let's see, total assets of 10 million to 50 million. Now you're getting up there. You got a what a 5.8 percent chance of being audited. What if you got? Uh, oh, I can hardly even read that number. What is that? 20 trillion in assets. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you got a 64% chance of being audited. Got it. So you just might as well let the... And I've heard this. The big, the biggest companies, they just have offices that are for the auditors because they're, they're basically year-round. Year. By yeah. the time they finish their audit, oh, here's the next year. <laughs> yeah. Next group's coming in. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to your overall financial planning. Um, and, of course, you want to make sure that you're doing everything above board. Because when it comes to the IRS, right, they don't mess around, especially the Franchise Tax Board here in California. And so there are legitimate, way above board, sound investment tax strategies that you want to make sure that you're implementing. Because it's our given right as U.S. citizens to do everything we can to avoid taxes, not evade them. Right. Evasion will put you in jail. Right. Avoidance is what our right is, but the IRS doesn't tell us what we can do. It tells us what we cannot do. And so then it's your interpretation to make sure that you're figuring everything out of what you're currently doing is above board. Or if you're missing strategies that are absolutely in your right to do, but you're not necessarily taking advantage of them. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al, hanging out here today. Go to iTunes if you want to get our podcast. Just search Your Money, Your Wealth uh, right there on iTunes or any other place that you get your podcast downloaded to your device. Your Money, Your Wealth. Or you can always go to our website at purefinancial.com. A couple of things at Pure. I am doing a webinar or a meeting with someone. I don't know when it's going to go on. We're not going to do this live. We're taping it Friday. Jamie Hopkins. Oh, okay. So he is a professor at uh, the College of Financial Planning, or the American College, one of the two. Um, he's done a lot of work with Dr. File in regards to reverse mortgages on how that will kind of play in or not play into your overall retirement strategy. We talked a little bit about this last week. So stick around or, or go to our website. Stay tuned for that. We've done a, a webinar on Medicare with Dr. Katie. Highly viewed. I think a lot of people got a lot out of it. So it's just kind of getting into the ABCs of Medicare. So if you have questions on Medicare, go to Pure Financial. Uh, you can download that webinar, watch it anytime. Uh, we did one on identity theft. We've done one on Social Security, the changes of Social Security strategies. We did a tax planning one early in the year. Uh, so we're trying to get a lot more information out to you. Another thing is that we're doing Lunch and Learns. And so for those of you that want to have an introductory course on financial planning, uh, we feed you a, a sandwich or something. I don't know what, what lunch is, but uh, come into the office. We have room usually just for 20 people. Uh, we're doing it every Wednesday or every last Wednesday of the month in San Diego, every last Tuesday um, in Orange County, um, Los Angeles. Stay tuned. We will start doing them up in um, L.A., uh, probably at the end of the year, maybe starting next year. Uh, so if you're in Orange County, Irvine area, San Diego area, Every last Wednesday, right around lunchtime, 11 to 12, we're going to serve you lunch and uh, do an hour uh, quick introductory of financial planning. A lot of great information there that, that, that you can get out of that. Just go to our website at purefinancial.com. So I did my duties. Marketing that's, will be happy. Uh, wow, that's very good. Okay, you can relax a second because I got some more stuff to talk about on audits. Oh, I can't wait. 
It's good stuff, Joe. Oh. I mean, this is news you can use, yeah. right? So, <laughs> but to sleep. take take another sip of your energy drink <laughs> so you can follow me. Yeah, got to fuel up for this one. <laughs> so, uh, I guess last segment I was talking about the average, uh, the the pers- the likelihood of being audited for the general public in the United States is about one in a hundred twenty. Okay. Now, it, it increases as your income goes up. Uh, last segment, we talked about when you own a business, but just in general, when you have income between 200000 and a million, your a chance of being audited goes up to 1.8%. So, so let, let's round it to two, and let's say that's about one in 50. 98% chance you won't. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Now, that's if you don't have a business, but if you've got some kind of sole proprietorship business and you're between 200 and a million, then it goes up to about a 2.9% chance of being audited. And if you make over a million bucks, congratulations, you're part of the 1%, and a 9.6% chance of being audited. Well, and I don't think that's the 1%. I think that's like the half of a half a percent. It is. Actually, I, I was curious about that. How I looked, many people make a million dollars a year? Not many. I, I looked that up, Joe, because I was curious about what is the 1%. And it seems, depend, it depends upon where you live, but it seems to start around 400000 or so of income. Four hundred to 500000 of income. Is that's the, Oh, that's the one percenters? As far as income. Got it. Not as far as assets. I didn't get into that. I just, I just went into income. And I found this website that says, you know, are you in the 1%? And so you type in your zip code and your income, and then you find out if you're in the 1% or not. Got and, it. And if you're not, they'll tell you what percent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> but I think, uh, so we, we, from these statistics, we know that it's much, much, much more likely not to be audited than to actually get audited. And if you are audited, four out of five times, you just get a letter in the mail that says, you know, you claim this, we think this, here's the difference, pay the tax or tell us why you disagree. And I mean, so why are we telling people this again? Because it's news you can use. I <laughs> got it. Yes. So are you t- encouraging anything, Alan? Uh, I'm, enc- I'm, enc- I'm encouraging folks, if they get audited, they don't need to move to Mexico. Got it. They got can it. get through this. Oh, but, you're consulting those that do get audited. So you're talking to those that small. But, but the it. other thing, too, is people that don't get audited, they are so very afraid of it. It's not that big a deal. Right. I've been through many with my clients. I guess I shouldn't say that. It sounds like I'm a horrible accountant. I've been through so many audits. I oh, my can't God. It. Every tax season, it was like thousands of them. My, my 75% chance of getting audited if you're my client. You to Clopine Financial. You got, hey, here's your tagline. You've never been audited. Come join with me. Yeah. Well, you could see what the process is like. It's, it's more fun than you think. If you'd like to get audited, please let me do your return. <laughs> well, in all honesty, bragging a little bit, I probably did about 20 audits. I think probably 19 of them were no change, where there was no change at all. So there. Anyway, if you do go to, if you have to go to an audit, if you have to go to the office, here's what you do. Make sure you're prepared, because they'll tell you what they're looking at. Make sure you have supporting documents to claim whatever deductions they're looking at. So that's number one. Number two is when you get there, be polite. There's there's people that try to intimidate the IRS. That's not a good idea. Just just be polite. And most importantly, answer the questions that they ask succinctly, quickly, and nothing else. 
I, I've been to audits, and I, you try to prep your clients. It's probably better for some some people not to go and just have the accountant go. But you say, just answer the question, and then they start blurting out stuff that they, you know, shouldn't may, have said, shouldn't, shouldn't have said, right? <clears throat> you know, and and uh, so just answer the question, be polite, and be prepared. And in all likelihood, as long as you're following the rule, or at least your interpretation of the rule, uh, you should be just fine. That is news you can use. It is. Thank you, Alan, for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll never have to use that. So, but you've gotten letters. You've gotten. Have you ever? You never had an office audit where you had to go in? No. No. I mean, yeah. what are they gonna? What? What for? Like fifteen bucks? They gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna waste their time on that. <laughs> no. They go, Anderson. We'll just send him a letter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it was fifty-five hundred dollar conversion that I did on a non-deductible IRA. It's called a backdoor Roth sure. IRA, sure. right? So if you have a non-deductible, yeah. right, I just put it in the overall account. Yeah. And then my crack uh, CPA. Well, it wasn't <laughs> me, by the way. Not mentioning any names. Didn't file an 8606 form um, that shows that there's basis in the account. So they thought it was a distribution. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah, they thought it was a distribution. So um, I just said, no, here's the 8006, right? It was yeah. not and deductible. You, and, you... and then that, what, 5984 form? Yeah, I think that's what it is right. that you get after the fact you got to it. share the recharacterizations. 5498, maybe. I'm not really sure. It's one of those two. Got it. Anyway, Joe, it's uh, it's no one likes to be audited, but I'm here to tell you it's not as bad as you might think. I, I've uh, almost every single IRS agent I've ever dealt with, very friendly. They just want to get through the day, <laughs> to be honest. And so if you're polite, prepared, and just answer their questions and no more, you probably do just fine. And uh, when it comes to taxes, uh, I think most people I know would like to pay the least amount of taxes possible, but they don't really know how to go about it because, let's face it, the tax law is overwhelming. The tax code itself, if you if you lay it up and down, it's probably about 16 feet. But if you take the, all the pronouncements uh, and add that to the tax code, it's, I don't know, it would fill up a warehouse. Right. 